Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. We were looking at types of foot soldiers. Did we finish? Hmm? This thing will fall down. Did we finish? Just put it here. When I feel like drinking, I'll drink. Huh? Where did we reach? <laughs> we only did number one. So the number one type of foot soldier is a foot soldier who is a son and who is a daughter. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I am a son. If you are a daughter, you say, I am a daughter. Tell your neighbor, I am a son in the house. Actually, in principle, all of us are sons. We are sons of God. Amen. Number two, a foot soldier with the spiritual DNA of the leader. Types of foot soldiers. Number two is a foot soldier with the DNA. Somebody say DNA. DNA of the leader. Every leader has a DNA. It's the same way every child has the DNA of the father. There's a course Pastor Mary is doing, and she's been sharing with me some of the things she's learning. And it's amazing that I am not going to school, but I'm learning. She's doing the donkey work. But I told her when I was in school, she was sleeping. So you reap what you sow, isn't it? And she's studying something to do with drugs and chemical dependency. Because drugs is actually your body depending on something, substance to function. And she told me something that I've never thought about. Um, we have different body types which can withstand different substances according to your body type. There are people who can drink five bottles of alcohol and they will not be drunk. If you tell them, stand with one leg, they will stand with one leg and they will not feel nothing. And there are people who will take half a glass. And they start singing crusade songs. Because of the body type. And she was explaining that sometimes when you come from a family or a lineage of drunkards, you pick up that DNA. You are genetically predisposed to alcohol. So there is something in you that already wants what? Alcohol. Are we together, somebody? I feel like I'm not hearing myself. Huh? It's like my voice is going. Are we together? Are you hearing me? So, so when you come from these families, where your uncle was a drunkard, your grandfather was a drunkard, your parents were drunkards, 
you have to be very careful about alcohol. Because there is, there is some wiring that has taken place in you that makes you prone to alcohol. I never saw my grandmother from my father's side. But I was told that she, she used to sell local brew. My grandmother from my father's side. She used to make and sell. In fact, it is, it is alcohol that killed her. I never met her. It's alcohol that actually uh, killed her. So, when you know that, then you run away from it. Yeah. You're very quiet. Yeah, you. Are you listening to me? Yes. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Run away from alcohol. Away. Hey, Larry Train. Beautiful. So, you can be wired in a certain way, depending on where you're coming from. So, your children will look like you, isn't it? Biological children, they will look like you. The same way, we are talking about uh, foot soldiers. If you belong to a church, because every church has a DNA. Every ministry has a DNA. If you belong to that church, you must acquire the DNA of the church. You must acquire the spirit of the church. If you are under leader, you must acquire the DNA, you know, of that leader. Praise the Lord. Because when you acquire the DNA of that leader, then it will be very easy for you to flow and to support that leader. Because you believe in what the leader believes in. Look, not everybody in church believes in what the pastor believes in. And not, all, not everybody in their serve team believes in what the pastor believes in. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. You see, if you believe in what the leader believes, then you will support what the leader is doing. Why are you very quiet? Hmm? Isn't it the truth? Yes. If you believe in what the leader is doing, you have the DNA, you believe in what he's doing, you will support what he does. Yeah, because what he does resonates very well with you as a person who is following that leader. Praise the Lord. So tell your neighbor, acquire the DNA. Tell them again, acquire the DNA. You see, this is one of the ways you will stay long in the church. When you acquire the DNA, you will stay long in the church. Praise the Lord. You see, you cannot edit your physical features to look like Tiger Woods. Yeah? Can you edit your mouth, your lips, your nose? You cannot edit because you are coming from somewhere. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So when you acquire the DNA, it becomes very difficult for you to move. You cannot move. You will stay and serve because you believe in what the leader is doing and you're going to support what the leader is doing. And what the leader is doing resonates very well with your wiring as a person. Hey, I am teaching my friend. I am teaching very powerful things. You know, one time when we were in America, I remember there's this couple that took us. I was meeting this couple for the first time because the wife was my professor in the Bible school and I was going to, for graduation. And they came to pick us from the airport. Lovely people, wonderful people. Took us to a guest room because I was graduating. I think I went with my f entire family. 
Now, the husband had a transplant, kidney transplant. And he was giving me the story of the amount of medication he has to take. You see, when, 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 you see, your body is a very interesting thing. Your body is something else. If they put a foreign thing in your body, your white blood cells, they rise up. Even if it's a good thing that is meant to keep you alive, the body immediately recognizes that this is a strange, a strange thing in the body, and the body begins to fight it. So they, they, they did a kidney transfer, uh, a transplant, and now he has to swallow medication. The medication is to suppress eh, the immune system so that it doesn't attack the kidney. Because the body has recognized this is a foreign guy. You understand what I'm talking about? That's why even some women, pregnancies are not easy for them. Because the body is telling you, hey, who is this guy? Why, where is he coming from? What is he? He keeps growing every day and he's asking for food. So the body can even reject pregnancy. It's not easy to transplant some things. You understand? So even if they do heart transplant, you still have to take a lot of medication to try and confuse your immune system so that the heart can keep you alive or the kidney can keep you alive or the liver can keep you alive. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's why it's not easy for you to move from this church and go to another church and just fit in. You will struggle. Oh yes, you struggle. The members of that church, they will say there is a foreign guy here. There's a foreign body who has come. And the foreign body has come with many stories from the church he has come from. Very negative stories and bad stories. And they will say, this is not our DNA. Because of the way you're talking, the way you're behaving, the way you're carrying yourself around. is because when you go there, you are carrying a DNA from another church. That's why you criticize a lot. Yeah, this week somebody was telling me, I've gone to another church, but every time I listen to the pastor preaching, there's something missing. There's a place when he reaches there, it becomes an anticlimax. Because you are a foreign body in another ministry. Are we together, somebody? So that's why I'm telling you that you have to acquire the DNA. When you acquire the DNA, you believe in what we are doing or what the leader is doing. And that will make sure that you, it will make sure that you stay for a very long time and serve. Look, I don't want to see you for five years and then you leave. Yeah. And don't be here saying, me, I'm just here for about five years, three years, then I leave. Tell anybody, it's not a good thing. Mm. I want to see you for a very long time. Oh, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord moves and the Lord speaks to you. And the Lord tells you, you know now, my son, I want to move you. Why don't you apply the same scripture to your marriage? Or the same thinking to your marriage? You wake up one day and say, the Lord is telling me, the glory has moved from this marriage. I'm leaving you, so I'm going. Why don't you apply the same phrase to your marriage? Why do you only apply it in church? Hmm? 
People are very quiet on this side. Yeah, it is selective amnesia. How comes your kidney never leaves you? He's so committed to you. Huh? You imagine if your kidney sends you an SMS today, tells you the neighbor you are seated next to, I desire to be in his body. So, I want to move. I am leaving you. How will you respond to that SMS? <laughs> Talk to me someone. How will you respond to that SMS from your kidney? You tell your kidney you're tripping. <laughs> so, tell your neighbor, catch the DNA. Look, I am preaching to you a very powerful message that will make you see amazing things in this ministry if we can catch what I'm saying. DNA. Somebody say DNA. DNA. Shout it louder. DNA. DNA. Foot soldiers with the DNA of the leader. Beautiful. Do you want a scripture? Hmm? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. I urge Titus and send our brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? It's a question. Paul says, I sent Titus to you. Did he take advantage of you? Huh? Did he abuse any member in the church? Titus. Today we are talking about abuse. Oh, it was a very powerful service today. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Steps. What is that? DNA. Same spirit. Same steps. Same spirit. Same steps. He's telling them, look, the way I cannot take advantage of you is the same way Titus cannot take advantage of you. The way I came to you and we walked in the same spirit is the same way when I was sending Titus. Yeah? I am in the same spirit with him. He has my DNA. That's why I'm sending him to you. We walk in the same steps. We move together. We are, connect we are interconnected with Titus. Hey, this is very powerful. I'm asking you guys, are we in the same spirit? Are we walking in the same steps? Please change the version. Let's see what NLT or Amplified is saying. Hmm? If you have. Beautiful. Are we in the same spirit here? This is very powerful. When I urged Titus to visit you and sent our brother with him, did Titus take advantage of you? No. Somebody say no. no. For we have the same spirit and walk in each other's steps, doing things the same way. What is that? DNA. Doing things the same. So the location does not matter. Yeah? If you go to Mlolongo, 
COT is the same spirit. You go to COT Y is the same spirit. You go to COT Makindu is the same spirit. You go to COT Embakasi is the same spirit. You go to COT Umoja is the same spirit. You go to COT Kitengela Umoja Utawala Nakuru Mombasa CMG on Kiungani Road CMG on Airport Road CMG in Amazon Do we still have a CMG in Amazon? I hope so There's an area called Amazon you still have a CMG in Amazon? Yes. Do you have Amplified? Give us Amplified. Shine the version. Someone say, same spirit. Say again, same spirit. Yes, same spirit. Same spirit. In the, I mean all the departments. Same spirit. Everywhere, same spirit. Not a strange spirit. Same spirit. I urged Titus to go, and I sent the brother with him. Titus did not take advantage of you. Did he? No. Did we not conduct ourselves in the same spirit and walk in the same steps? Then in brackets says, of course. Yes. Yeah. Same spirit. I pray that we shall walk in the same spirit. We shall operate in the same spirit. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, there are things because we are walking in the same spirits, you should be able to fight them at your level. Yeah, you should be able to stop them at, their, at your level. Fight them at your level in Jesus' name. You see, if we don't have the same spirit, you can be before the leader and you smile. Hmm? But you are actually lying. You are doing your own things. And you are meeting people who you are not supposed to meet. And talking to people you're not supposed to be talking to. And commenting on posts that you're not supposed to be commenting. And liking posts that you're not supposed to be liking. The church is very quiet today. Am I stepping on a live wire or what? And sending encouraging messages to Orangos who left the church. And are speaking against the church. And you, you send them scriptures to encourage them. Look, me, I am very loyal to you. Very loyal. Your enemy becomes my enemy automatically. Yeah, I don't even have to pray about it for God to give me revelation. Huh? Geoffrey, anyone that is against your marriage, I am against him. I don't have to pray. I am going to Catalonia for 50 days for God to reveal to me. I don't have to. It's my loyalty to you that determines my actions and my decisions. Are we together, somebody? Yeah. So tell your neighbor, your, your, your enemy is my enemy as well. Mm. Can I give you a simple example? How will you feel to see your wife? Pastor, <laughs> yeah. Harry is telling me not to continue. Yeah. 
How will you feel if you see your wife is taking selfies with a guy at Java? And that guy is the one who has frustrated you at the place of work. Hmm? And your wife is taking selfies with a guy. You know the way ladies do it. Hmm. And then the caption is John chapter 3. <laughs> Uh, uh, how will you feel? You feel betrayed, isn't it? Because you expect that your enemy should not be a friend to your wife. Are we together, somebody? Oh, yes. Because I hear people say this crazy. They think it's a very powerful statement, but it's not. That your enemy doesn't have to be my enemy. If I'm loyal to you, and you're loyal to me, and we're in the same spirit, and we're walking in the same steps, your enemy is my enemy. You see, the loyalty that Jonathan had for David, it almost made Saul become an enemy to him. Serious, serious loyalty until he's saving David and telling David what even the father is planning. You guys have never been loyal, I'm telling you. He comes and tells David, David, if you sleep here today, you are a dead man. What my father is planning, what I had, my father is planning against you. You have to go. You have to leave and go. That is loyalty, my friend. Serious loyalty. Yeah, not the games I see some of you play. The way some of you behave is not the same spirit. It's not the same steps. You do not understand. You do not understand. Your enemy is my enemy. Period. Yeah. You, you can't touch Pastor Steve and never touch my soul. Try and see what I'll do to you. Yeah, I'll come after you. You can't touch his wife. And I just keep quiet. No. No, 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 no. Same spirit. Same steps. Tell neighbor, same spirit. Same steps. Tell another one, same spirit. Same steps. It's like you're even afraid of what I am teaching. It's like, will you handle the next points? You, you, look, you look traumatized already. Where is Innocent Musembe? I haven't seen him for a while. Mm. You don't sit with your wife anymore. Anyway, let's continue. Number... Number three, foot soldiers who sacrifice. Foot soldiers who sacrifice. Remember, we are talking about types of foot soldiers. Let me give you a little bit of some history here. Our Christian faith is based on sacrifice. This salvation that we are enjoying today, it costed somebody's life. It costed the blood of Jesus. He died on the cross for us to enjoy the salvation we are enjoying today. Amen. You see, our, our founder, 
the, ori the progenitor of Christianity, was willing to die. Was willing to die. For Christianity to exist, he was willing to die. And he died on the cross. It was a cruel death. He died, shed his blood, was buried and resurrected on the third day. That's how powerful sacrifice is as far as Christianity is concerned. But now the people who are following him, they don't want to sacrifice. Oh, look at the ISAF meeting today so full because there was lunch. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I can see the power of food at work in your life. Sacrifice is the stratum of our faith. Sacrifice is the foundation of Christianity. Sacrifice is at the heart of our Christian faith. There's a man called Reverend George William, Williams Rhodes. He's a missionary. He was an American evangelist. He came to McWenny when he was 23 years. 23 years. He left America to go to McWenny. I've never been to McWenny myself. Maybe I have and I don't know. But I think I've never been there. How many have been to McQueenie here before? Oh, you're doing well. Hey, even Lucy. Wow. Oh, Lucy, what did you go to do in McQueenie? At 23. How many are 23 years old here? 23. If you're 23, lift up your hand. Nobody's 23. 23 and below? Okay, 23 and above. <laughs> <laughs> At 23, he left America, went to Mac He didn't even come to Nairobi. He went to Makwen, deep in the village there, a village called Mbanya. And when he got there, he received a lot of hostility from the people who were there. And he had to run away and go to Mboni. I don't even know where Mboni is. It is in Mboni, this Reverend George Williams Rhodes. That is where he birthed African Inland Church, AIC. How many have been AIC members? Look, you are enjoying the sweat of somebody's sacrifice. He left a beautiful country at the age of 23. To come and start AIC. That is the church that pastored one of the presidents of this country for many years. You remember uh, Moi? There's another guy called Father Philip Shaifa Odero. In 1912, he came and he went to um, Nyanza area there. And he, that is where he started Asumbi Catholic Church. Now we have so many things called Asumbi. Asumbi, Asumbi Technical College, Asumbi School, Asumbi Secondary School, Asumbi wherever, so many that people have benefited from. SEK was established by Dr. Ludwig Kraft. I think we studied him in CRE. He came to this country in 
1837. Ask your neighbor, where were you in 1837? Just tell your neighbor, I was water. <laughs> These are people sacrificing. Now we have SEK. It's one of the strongest churches in this country. Isn't it? This last week, we buried a general in this country, Apostle Joe Kayo. Some of you have heard of him. How many know Apostle, have heard of him, Apostle Joe Kayo? How many don't know him? Joe Kayo, lift your hand, you don't know Joe Kayo. It's a strange name to you. Now, if you do this, what are you doing? Are you waving at me? <laughs> lift, lift your hand, you don't. All right, there are people who don't know Apostle Joe Kayo. All right. Apostle Joe Kayo is the founder of Deliverance Church many years ago. When I was in that funeral, it was a very unique funeral. I think I went with Harry. The anointing was so strong in that funeral service. It didn't even sound like a funeral service. It sounded like another conference or something. Previously, they had had um, a requiem service at Sitam, and it was equally powerful. The anointing was so strong. It's like, it's like something was being passed from one generation to another. Very, very powerful. I mean, when you hear the stories of these people, it's purely sacrifice. He went and started Deliverance Church in Uganda. Came and started the one here. He went to, I think, Zambia and then started again. Those years. And you see, in Uganda those times, it was when Amin, you know, Idi Amin Dada, he was really against churches. So a lot of Christians were being persecuted. But in the midst of the persecution, he went there and started the church. Sacrificed his life, you know, to start that church. And then as I was studying him, so I got interested and I started studying, studying, studying. Then I saw a guy called Batch Dazwit. He posted something on social media. And I called him. First of all, I asked him, where did you get this name Dazwit from? You know, we are very few. So when I see somebody being called Dazwit, I get interested. I want to know. So I called him. And he told me, I've also been wondering where you got the name. Because I've been seeing you on social media, and I've been wondering how we can hook up and talk. So I asked, him, tell, I asked him, tell me, how did you get the name? So he told me I was adopted by a man called Arthur P. Daswit. I said, Arthur P. Daswit, I know that guy. He asked me, how do you know you? I, I told him, that is the guy I was named after when I was born in the 70s. Then he told me, those were my parents. They adopted me. They came to Africa to do missionary work. And they adopted me. So I am their adopted son. Because I'm, you are my brother. <laughs> so I told him, give me the story. And he gave me a story. And of course, I also studied a bit, tried to dig into history. 
You know, this Arthur P. Daswit, in fact, I have I've ordered for his portrait. I want to put it in the office as well. Yeah, this is my lineage. Don't, don't be jealous of me. I'm just trying to retrace my roots. I want to see where, where am I coming from? Why did my parents give me this name that is so difficult that it gives people a lot of problems to un pronounce? Yet it is a very powerful name from very powerful great men of, you know, of God. Great men of God. Ah, when I studied Arthur P. Daswit, I was so blessed. He came to this country in 1916. Between, uh, actually, he was born in 1916. Then he came to this country, I think, between 1916 to 1976. That's when he came. And he was a missionary um, for 32 years in East and Central Africa. By the time he was dying, he was here in Nairobi. Now, this is the story. Or you don't want to hear the story. Yeah? Ask your neighbor, can you trace your roots? Where are you coming from? Why did they call you the name they have called you? So this Arthur, listen to this very interesting story. His, his wife was called May. So Arthur and May Daswit planted Elim Church in Uganda in 1961. All right? And then in 1967, are you following the story? Joe Kayo went to Uganda to start what we call Young Christian Ambassadors Fellowship. Now, this Deliverance Church grew and became vibrant, all right, between 1969 and 1971 when the Idi Amin regime prevented further expansion. So the YCA later on became Deliverance Church. But it's like they used to meet in the missionary work that Arthur was doing. You could meet Jokayo somehow. The way you can be doing ministry and you meet someone in a conference and you know them, you know, something like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you can see that this Elim Church, what surprised me, Elim Church that Arthur and May started in 1961 in Uganda. Then they moved to Kenya. Continue with the same. It is what is called Pefa Church today. Nimenda. He is the founder of Pefa. Pefa Church. You know, is when I connected and I started asking myself, the day I invited Bishop Kilioba, who was the presiding bishop of Pefa, he came to preach when he was still in Embakasi. He kept on telling me, do you know who you are named after? And I, I didn't understand what he was saying. He said, one day, buy for me coffee. I will explain to you who you are named after. Hey, I'm going to buy that coffee, my friend. I, I, I was not understanding what he was saying. After connecting these dots and reading the history, that's when I discovered, oh, is this what he meant? These people left very beautiful countries to come to Africa. Now, look at Nairobi. In, this is 2000 and... This is 2023. And look at the problems we have. 
We have so many problems. Infrastructure, road. No, we have a river here. A man -made. River, river city of transformation. It's only fish that is missing. We have so many problems. Hospitals are not working. Now, imagine in the 60s how this country was looking like. Yet, these people left very nice countries. If you go to their countries and see how orderly their countries are, it's, it's, it's not something that you want to leave to come to Africa, you know, and do ministry. But what is that? Sacrifice. Tell your neighbor, it's sacrifice. Some of you need to go to Garissa. Oh, you're very quiet. Mm -hmm. Some of you, we need to send you to Kitale. You become a missionary there and establish city of transformation there and reach out to many people there who are perishing and languishing in sin. Today, if that man did not leave America, we could not be having AIC. They are our neighbors here now. Today, if Ludwig Kraft never came, we could not be having SEK. How many things are we not having because you have refused to sacrifice? Please don't look down. Look at me. Huh? Ask your neighbor, how many things don't we have that is as, as a result of you not sacrificing? We have to sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, we have to sacrifice. A foot soldier must sacrifice for the greater good. Glory to God. If Jokayo did not start deliverance, deliverance would not have been here today. And look at deliverance now. It's a powerhouse in this country. It's almost in every corner. Amen. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. Tell your neighbor, I'm ready to sacrifice. If there are people that I know in this world that love comfort, is Kenyans. Oh, Kenyans love comfort. That's why I have not seen a Kenyan going to Ghana to start a church. Very rare. I have not seen a Kenyan go to Nigeria to start a church. It's very rare. But how many Nigerians are here? How many Congolese pastors are here? How many Ghanaian pastors are here? Do you know where Kenyans want to go and start a church? Huh? Where, where, where do they want to go? When they pray and say, Lord, when you want to send me. That's why the church has lost power. And I will prove you from the scriptures. Let me, can I give you a scripture? Hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Look, even us coming here, he sacrifice. Yeah, he sacrifice. Yeah. I was willing to sacrifice weak members falling off for the greater, for the greater good. He sacrifice. 
Hmm? Sometimes I meet members who fell off and they told me, you know, you moved very far. Another one blamed me, say, you left me. I'm so mad at you. Angry with you. She was bitter. How can you leave us? First hmm. Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is, read with me, is to those but to us who are, it is. So where is the power? Where is the power? The power is in the cross. And what is the cross? The cross is a symbol of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The cross means you have to die to something. You have to die to something. Yes. You have to die to something. If you're going to see power, you have to die to something. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we must start teaching Christians the importance of sacrifice. That's why, you see, you even struggle with tithing. Because you love comfort. Tithing is a problem. No matter how many times we preach, we shout, we, we even threaten you with scriptures. But it doesn't move you. But you know, tithing is sacrifice. Giving of offerings is sacrifice. Because God wants your relationship with him to be based on sacrifice. Because that's where the power is. Ah, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Oh God, you know this month, I I don't think I'm planning to tithe. Because you understand that um, uh, fuel has gone up. Uh, what else has gone up? Please mention to me the things which have gone up. Uh? Now we are paying housing levy. Uh, the IDs now, if I was to lose my ID, the replacement is uh-huh. passport. What else has gone up? Uh, marriage certificate has gone up. I was planning to marry this year, but because of that, I have postponed my wedding. Uh, what else? Uh? Land rates have increased. Can we stay is being taxed? Really? I haven't heard of that. It is being taxed. Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> 2,500 per month for staying with somebody's daughter without informing the father. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you people are interesting. Huh? The dollar. Oh God, have you seen the dollar? God, have you seen the dollar? The way it has made our shilling to tumble. God, have you seen it? This month, Lord, I am not tithing. And you should understand. Because you are up there. And you can see what Ruto is doing to us. You can see. Yeah? When you remove sacrifice from your Christian faith, you lose power. 
Can I say it again? You can tweet it, you can upload, whatever. When you remove sacrifice from the Christian faith, you lose power. That phone is an offering. Tell your neighbor, when you remove sacrifice from, Christian, from the Christian faith, it loses power. Yeah. You are struggling to tithe. Tithe. 10%. You feel like the world has come to an end when you are removing it. The world has come to an end. And you are wondering, how will I survive? I'm telling you, what I'm preaching is true. A lot of us don't, have not embraced sacrifice. Then once in a while, you surprise God with an offering to hoodwink him. Yeah? Yeah, to make him feel happy that you gave an offer to surprise him. But God knows you have not lived a sacrificial life. Look, if I take a poll here of how many are faithful tithers, you'll be surprised. Faithful. When I say faithful, it means that you don't skip. You don't postpone. You don't eat God's money and then say, I will repay later. No. You are faithful. How many people want to get married? Young people. You want to get married? How many want to get married? Single people. You want to get married? Really? Are you ready for marriage? How many times do you want your spouse to be faithful to you? Once a year. Okay, let me rephrase. How many are married? You're married. How many times do you want your spouse to be faithful to you? Really? Are you sure? All the time? In good times? And bad times? Even when the taxes are going up? Are going up? You want your spouse to be faithful? So why are you unfaithful to God? It's a very serious question. And God is looking at you and wondering, what is wrong with this person? And because of your unfaithfulness, that's why your spouse is not faithful to you. Oops. Tell your neighbor, drink water. <laughs> I am telling you, that's why. And you know, some of you single people, you're saying, oh, me, I'm not married, whatever. You, the person you're supposed to marry is somewhere there. Firing people left, right, and center because of your unfaithfulness. By the time he comes to you, <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 15. I am telling you, it's a habit. 
Look, everything you do with your money spills over to other areas of your life. I'm telling you the truth. If you are unfaithful with money, you are likely to be unfaithful to your spouse. So, when you are getting, starting to date, whatever, after drinking coffee, whatever, ask this person, are you a tither? Ask the lady, are you a tither? Because if you can't keep the discipline of your pass, how can you keep the discipline of your trouser? Please, you don't want me to preach, but it is okay. Money, I told you, money, money, that's where your heart is. Yeah. And if you can't behave well with money, it reflects a character flaw in you. Serious character flaw in your life. I am telling you the truth. Yeah. I'm telling you the truth. That's why God says, look, you cannot serve God and you serve money. Yeah. Because he, know the, he knows the power of money. Yeah. He knows the power of money. And you'll be so surprised what money can reveal about you. Serious things about you as a person. Yeah. Now you are limited because you don't have a lot of money. You can't do many things. Let money come. You'll be surprised. Even you'll be shocked. You'll say, oh God, I didn't know I'm this wretched. Yeah. When I was broke, I was holy. <laughs> now I'm rich, I'm wicked. First Corinthians. First Chronicles, rather. Oh, powerful. Tell your neighbor, I'm ready to sacrifice. Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to be faithful tithers. Tell your neighbor, let's start there. Tell your neighbor again, let's, uh, let, let, let your faithfulness start there. Let your faithfulness start there. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Eh? Why is the Holy Spirit telling me to stay here a little bit? Hmm? Hmm? So ask your neighbor for me. Are you a faithful tither? Am I making your life difficult? You okay? Or am I making your life difficult? Okay. Ask your neighbor, are you a faithful tither? Are you a fa as in for real faithful? Don't ask them, are you faithful to your spouse? Let's start with the tithing first. Ask them, are you a faithful tither? Very faithful. <laughs> now the three of the 30 chief meant, men went down to the rock to David. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 15. Into the cave of Adullam. And the army of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. You people. You know, sometimes I say some things and you think I'm joking. This point I'm talking about money, faithfulness, tithing, is very, very key. I'm telling you the truth. Hmm? One day. Oh, this one I'll not tell you. First Chronicles chapter 11. No, it almost came out, but that one I've swallowed it. <laughs> David was then, this is David, 
David is where? In the stronghold. Someone say stronghold. David was then in the stronghold and the garrison of the Philistine was then in Bethlehem. Verse 17. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone will give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Oh, Father, give me such men. David had some very powerful men around him. And they took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, David would not drink it. But he poured it to the Lord. Why? Verse 19. And he said, Far be it from me, O my God, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of this man who put their lives in jeopardy? For at the risk of their lives, they brought it. They brought me the water that I desired. You see, they had to go through the garrison of the Philistines, risk their lives to bring to David what David desired at that particular point. The Bible says, therefore, he will not drink it. These things were done by three mighty men. Let's look at verse 19 from another version. Change the version. We see what it says. NIV. Can we read together? God forbid that I should do this. He said, should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it back. David will not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. They risked their lives to bring to David the water that he desired. That is sacrifice. They sacrificed their lives. It is high time we teach sacrifice in the house of God. Amen. Look at the Christians we have Look at the workers we have right now in the church. They are always complaining. They are always complaining. They are serving but complaining. Serving but murmuring. Serving with a heavy heart. It's like you are inconveniencing them. Come early. It's like it's a burden to them. Come for practice. Worship team. It's like it's a burden for them. TPM, we are meeting after the service for a short meeting. It's a burden for them. Everybody's in a hurry to go. Everybody's in a hurry to do something. So nobody's sacrificing anymore until the leader has been castrated. He has no voice. He has no voice. He cannot tell their people. He cannot even call for an emergency meeting. Nobody will show up. Say, prepare us three months. They will not come. The, 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 the ingredient of sacrifice is leaving the church. Is leaving the church. Hmm. There are churches you can't even do a service more than one hour. It's an issue. People start leaving. They wake up and go. Hey. Huh? Some can be in this meeting, but it's the body that is here. The mind is in the duvet. I say, I'm just here to show the pastor that I'm here, but let me tell you, if I was to be asked, oh, I'll be shifting gears in my duvet right now. The, this, this thing called sacrifice is leaving the church. It's going. It is going. If we don't teach it, it will go and disappear completely. And there will be no power in the church anymore. Yeah, look, even me as your pastor, yeah, I can decide to have comfort. Yeah. 
Yeah. After the service, I take my family to a restaurant. We sit there the whole afternoon eating. Yeah, bring ice cream, we take. Bring yamachomba, we take. Bring vegetables, we take. Bring biscuits, we take. Bring juice, we drink. Bring yogurt, we drink. Uh, bring what else? Rabbit meat, we eat. Bring crocodile meat, we eat. Bring ostrich eggs, we eat. And then we go home and sleep. Yeah, but I'm here. I've been talking since morning. The sacrifice. Yeah. Sometimes I get home, my feet are hurting me. Yeah. Sometimes I tell my wife, can you massage my feet? Can you do something to my feet? I feel like my feet are, are paining me. But I love it because I'm sacrificing for God. Hallelujah. You, you don't want to get tired so that you take your body where? What do you want to use your body for? You don't want your body to be tired. You don't want to be spent in ministry. You don't want to give your all in ministry. Where do you want to take your energies from? No wonder now you're taking your energies to other things. Yeah, the, the energy that you're left with, you're using it passionately to sin and to do bad things. Some of us, when we live here, we are too tired to even sin. Where do you get energy to sin if you've been talking the whole day? The next thing you want is food and bed. Father, bring sacrifice back to your house. May the ingredient of sacrifice come back to the church in the name of Jesus. Look, as the ministry grows, some of you will be required to come to church at 4 a.m. We will get there very soon. 4 a.m., you are here. Yeah, to prepare for the first service at 6. 6 a.m., we have a service and people go to work. Then we have another service at 8, another service at 10, another service at 2, another service at 4, another service maybe at 6. The whole day we'll be running services. So if one service makes your tongue comes out, I'm so tired. And it's just one service for two hours. Oh, my back. I'm telling you today, we have really, my back is really hard. Did you see the way we jumped today? Someone say, sacrifice. Touch your neighbor and tell them, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. These guys, they risked their lives yeah, to give David what he wanted. It's the power of sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Look, there's nothing like being in church too much. Yeah. You know, one time I was having a conversation with another lady, and she shocked me. She, she really shocked me. And she was telling me, you know, my children, my children, I allow my children to do anything. My children, I want, I want them to go out, meet friends, wherever they go, partying. They even, my children can even come back at 1 a.m. I mean, in the house. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, they are, they are at that age. But you'll find the same parent. If the same child comes to church and stays the way we have stayed like this, she will have an issue. She will have a problem. Hmm? Which kind of church is that that you stay the whole day? But she can never say, which kind of club is that that you dance the whole night? 
Somebody say sacrifice. Yeah. Let these children say, I can see they are there playing, playing. Let them stay in church. I am a product of this playing in church. Yeah. Because I remember we used to go to church. Then my, pa- my father and my mother were having meetings and meetings and meetings and meetings. So the whole day we were in church. Whole day we were in church. Then we used to go back home in the evening. And then we eat githeri that we left cooking. We put it in the morning in a pot. Pour a lot of water and let it boil. So the whole day it's boiling waiting for us. Then we come and find it. We just add soil and eat it. The, 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 the bottom was burnt, but we didn't care. You just take the top layer, add some salt, you eat, and your Sunday is of. I'm a product of that. That's why I'm standing before you today. Tell your neighbor, sacrifice. Because honestly speaking, as a Christian, you'll be so surprised after the service. Most of the Christians after the service, that's when they sin. Sunday afternoon, most, most Christians, they fall into sin. Sunday afternoon. Oh, tell your neighbor, this ISAV meeting has saved me from many problems, temptations, and trials. Yeah, because it's a sacrifice. Number? Hmm? Number? Four. A foot soldiers who live. Foot soldiers who live. That's another type. And this live is not L-I-V-E. It is L-E-A-V-E. You started working together, but along the way they abandon you. Hmm? How are you? Unakawa shasalam zangu. Unazaje kausha pasta namna hiyo? When you are trying to tell me that my eyes are squinted, I'm looking at you and you're saying I'm looking at your neighbor. Can I summon my soldiers? Do you have hot water? Any aura? Relax, relax. It's enough. Yeah, just. Yeah. Yeah? Now you're greeting me after you've seen my soldiers. So tell your neighbor, they are foot soldiers who leave. They will start working with you. And then at some point, they do what? They leave. Jude chapter 1 verse 19. Give me from the King James Version. KJV. They leave. They start, but they leave. I don't know why Christians always have this idea that I must leave. I do not understand. <laughs> I'm going. You know me, I'm just here for five years. <laughs> I don't know where they get this idea from. That's why our churches are not strong. Hmm? 
Jude, this be they. Can we read together? This be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They separate themselves. You will work with them for a while, then they separate themselves. Give us an LT. Let's see what it says. Yeah, change the version. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their own natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. You know, you know what that verse is telling us? Where there is separation, you are likely not to find the spirit of God. It's not always godly. It's not always godly. You're cutting off, you're disconnecting completely, it is over, I am going, you've carried your bags, you're going, nothing, I don't have anything to do with you, I don't want anything to do, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone, forget my name, rub my name from your church books. Then you take the T-Track books, you burn them. As if you're burning us. You're not burning us. You're burning the word of God. Most people don't have the spirit of God in them. And you see, I am teaching this so that you may understand the importance of being planted and staying. Because some of you moved because you didn't know. But now that you know, you should not move. You should not move. You should stay. And you should work. And you should be connected and work. Because you don't know what God has planned for you. Yeah. The mother of Pastor Saif was telling us that when he was young, he used to preach. But she didn't know how it will happen. Last Sunday is when she saw what she saw when this pastor was young. When he was five years old. Yeah. And she cried. Because she could see now what she saw him doing five years. At, at, at five years old was coming to pass. I was just trying to imagine what if his father was alive. Oh, he could have cried, I think. Yeah. You don't know. Tell your neighbor, you don't know. You see, God does not bring people into your life just to waste your life. It's for a reason. The Bible says, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. It's a reason. It's a reason why God is giving you a certain pastor. Yeah, it's a reason why God has given you a certain pastor. Yeah, you didn't choose me. God chose me for you. There's a reason why. If he had left, maybe he could not have been a pastor today. Yeah, he will be growing his hair longer. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I see the transformation that has taken place in some of these young people. Yeah, I don't think it could have happened if they were somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of them won't get a base. I. Tell you never there is a reason why. There is a reason why. Yeah. There is a reason why you came to this ministry and now you are a pastor. Maybe if you are in Methodist, they could not even have recognized you. 
You know, sometimes I meet Pastor Steve's brother yeah, on a golf course. And he tells me, Bishop, man, you have transformed my brother. One day I was tempted to ask him, hey, give me a, give me a, how, 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 how was he? It will be, man, you have transformed my brother. That man is so focused these days. Yeah. There's a reason why. So don't be quick to separate yourself. Are we together? And I've always told you, this church is not perfect. And there is no church in this world that is perfect. Mm. I, told, I was told about a lady who left this church and she went to 15 churches trying to settle down. 15 churches. Do you know what she was looking for? She was looking for me. In those 15 churches. But she couldn't find me. There's a reason why. Tell your neighbor there is a reason why. There is a reason why you have met that brother, that sister, that friend that colleague in church, there is a reason why. <laughs> I repeat again. The sister part. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, there is a reason why. Look, some of you, if you never came to this church, you could not have met Meshach. You could not have met Pastor Pastor Ken. You could never have met Pastor Dino. <laughs> yeah? Everybody's mentioning Harry, so let me mention because I'm under pressure to mention his name. You could not have met Harry Marisia. And Harry Marisia, if you could. If, if, if I had not started this church, maybe you could not have met Bessie. You will not have married her. I think you met her before, but you will not have married her. Because we are the ones who encouraged her to marry you as well. God for this church. Yeah. Yeah. I should turn it down. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I officiated your wedding. Yes. And we were there. Mm. <laughs> I mean, look at how things are connected. It's a very powerful thing. It's a very powerful thing. This side, there's no marriage. That's why they are very quiet. <laughs> Father, cause marriages to happen on this wing of the church in the name of Jesus. Huh? Yeah, Father, remember Lucy. She's not even saying amen. Let's try again. Father, remember Lucy. <laughs> Church is powerful. It's very, very powerful. 
So don't be the person who is quick to separate yourself. Because the Bible says you don't have the spirit. These are those who, go back to KJV, these are those who don't have the spirit. Mm. They don't have this. They don't understand how God works. Glory to God. Let me give you another scripture. These are the essential persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. That phone is an offering. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. Mm. Beautiful. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I had a pastor called Dismas, and one time I was quoting this scripture. I said, and Dismas has forsaken me, and he forsook us. You see, I'm a prophet. Even prophecy comes when I don't want to profess her. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. So Demas forsook Paul when Paul really needed him. He left. You know, sometimes I see people who have left and my heart is broken because... My heart is not broken because they are leaving. My heart is broken because they have missed it. They have missed it. And I weep for them because it will take them a lot of time to try and correct the wrong turn. I remember when they were building uh, Thika Highway, Thika Superhighway. I was, I, was, I, was in th- I was on Thicker Road and I was trying to come back to the church using the Eastern Bypass and it was at night. So I missed the turn. When I missed that turn, <laughs> for me to get another turn to turn back, it was quite a distance. Yeah. I think I found myself almost in Juja, trying to get a turn to come back. By the time I came back, I think I didn't even make it for the service. That is what life is all about. Yeah. Sometimes you, you, you see, I weep for the, because I realize, hey, this guy, he's missed the turn. And because he's missed the turn, it will take him or her so many years to try and correct it and come back. Bishop Eddie one time was telling us a brother left their church and came back after 18 years. They celebrated, but they say, look, if you had stayed. Because some of the people he brought to church prayed for them, witnessed to them to be saved. They were now his bishops. So now he had to start again from ground zero. To build up. Because you see, when you leave and you come back, we accept you, but our level of trust is not as strong as it was before. You have tempered with our trust. And we need time so that we 
we may ascertain if you are serious or not. Because I've seen it happening. People come back and they are, oh, I don't even know what came into my mind. Then after two months, three months. Yeah, because some of them think they can come back and still go back to what they were doing, the position they were holding. It cannot happen like that. Because when you left, we replaced you. So when you come back, we have to think of where to put you. We have already moved on. So you have to catch up with us. Demas forsook us. He left us. Ask your neighbor, will you be a Demas? Will you, left, will you leave us? Will you forsake us? Hey, some don't even have the decency of saying a nice bye. You just leave the WhatsApp group and let everybody see that you have left. Hey. Somebody's gotta be what Zimu. <laughs> you see, live in a way that if you must live, live in a way that you can come back. If you must live. Because some of you still believe you must live. No matter what I preach. Even as I'm preaching, you are saying, mm -mm. I don't believe in what he's saying. Me, I'm still giving it five years. If you must live, live in a good way. So that it's easier for you to come back. Because I can tell you for free. The challenges you are having in this church are the same challenges we'll have in another church. People are the same. Christians are the same. They are gossipers. <laughs> in every church, there is a clique of gossipers. Oh, let me not continue. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, they are all the same everywhere you go. Oh, I'm leaving this church. I feel like this church, there is no love. There is no love in this. Nobody loves me anymore. I'm going. Okay. Go. Hmm? You will go there. They will celebrate you the first week you have come. After that, you are you're like everybody else. Yeah, you will not be a celebrity every day. You, are not, you should be now, now celebrating other people. Then the same feeling you had when you are here, you will start having it when you are there. Or even worse. Or maybe they didn't even celebrate you. Then you realize, I, I have jumped from the frying pan into the fire itself. But because you left in a bad way, you don't have the courage to come back. No wonder you watch me online. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Wave your hand. Put it down. I've seen it. Tell your neighbor, stay. Let's go deeper in this because this is serious. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 28. Will I finish? I'll try and finish. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 28. Give me from the English revised version, if you have one. Change the version. Or NLT, or whatever. But English version is better, if you have. Do you have English version? Unfailing love. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. And faithfulness protect the king. His throne is made secure through what? Love. Unfailing love. And what? And faithfulness. Protect the king. His throne is made secure 
Through what? Through love. Ladies and gentlemen, love is everything. Love is everything. That's why you see, when you, when you love somebody genuinely, you don't even see their flaws. It's true. That's why when you're in love, let me tell you, you're like a very stupid guy. You're like a very stupid woman. People can even show you, this man, this man is a drug dealer. This man is a killer. This man is a murderer. You say, that is what you're saying. Me, what I know, I'm in love. I love him. He cannot kill me. He cannot destroy. It's because love has made you stupid. You can't see flaws. That's why the Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins. It is love. This is what the Bible says, unfailing love and faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. faithfulness. Protect the king. His throne is made secure through love. Give us another translation. I wish we can get the English, whatever version, if, if you can get it. Amplified. I Can we read together? Loyalty and mercy, truth and faithfulness protect the king. And he upholds his throne by loving kindness. Loyalty, mercy, truth, faithfulness. Loyalty, mercy, truth, and faithfulness. Loyalty. Which translation is that? Holman. Hey. Loyalty and faithfulness. I was going to comment something on the previous verse, but translation, but you've changed. Loyalty and faithfulness deliver a king through loyalty. He maintains his throne. Through loyalty. He maintains his throne. English says steadfast love. Loyalty. You see, when you love somebody, you'll be loyal to that person. Isn't it? Where there is loyalty, there is love. Yeah. That's why you see, when somebody's love towards you changes, their loyalty also changes. It's automatic. Isn't it? They used to call you honey. Now they call you beast. Because love has left. Has been thrown out of the window. So they don't feel obligated to be loyal to you anymore. You see, even a king is looking for loyalty. To maintain his throne. Because he knows if he does not surround himself with loyal people, his throne can never be established. That's what you see in the Old Testament when a king came to power. He made sure that he eliminated all disloyal elements around him. That's what you see when David became king, Mephibosheth was running. The nurse was taking him away. Running. Because she knew Mephibosheth is a dead man walking. Yeah. And in, in, in the process of running, she dropped him. And the guy became crippled his entire life. That was a heavy drop. That was a serious drop. And the guy came down, he landed on his legs and crushed his legs and couldn't use his legs anymore. Yeah. If it was in our generation, they could have saved his legs, could have put him in a cast. Yeah, or performed surgery. But they didn't have that technology then. Loyalty. Loyalty upholds the throne of the king. Wow. Yeah. Faithfulness. Mm? You're not separating yourself 
You are loyal, committed. Yeah. Do you know, nobody else will make this church sweeter. It is us. It is you. Tell your neighbor, it's you who will make this church sweeter and nice. Oh, yes. That's why today, Pastor Mary, I have changed the name of the first service. We are no longer being called legends. We are now called firebrands. You see, they are not even happy. Look at them. They are they, still... Uh, uh. Do I have firebrands in the house? Give us the definition of firebrands. The legions are resisting the name. These legions here are resisting the name. They want to still have cold water. Deep freezers. Lucy, your side is not doing very well. What is the definition of firebrands? Huh? You don't have the definition of firebrands. Read it. A person who is very passionate about a particular cause. A person who is very passionate about a particular cause. In this case, passionate about COT, passionate about church growth, passionate about serving. Do I have firebrands in the house? Because legions had made you very old. Even when I'm preaching, some of you are half asleep. <laughs> but there's a new wave. There's a new wind blowing. Do you know another definition is wood on fire? Something wood on fire. Read it. A piece of burning wood. Candled or on fire. A candle of wood that is on fire. Hey. Fire is coming back to the first service. I say fire is coming back to the first service. Shout louder, yeah! Sit down. You relax. <laughs> what is wrong? What is happening here? Uh? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you guys already have the fire. You don't need a name to have the fire. TYC, are you in the house? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You can be seated. <laughs> Where are my soldiers? Come with some water. This side is very quiet. Huh? These people look like they have been baptized in lemon juice. Are they awake? Hey! Now they are okay. 
All right, let's continue. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, we are the ones who will make this church sweet, fiery, exciting, growing, expanding. We are the ones. And eliminate all options of saying after five years, I think I will move to the House of Mercy International <laughs> Ministry Church. Hmm? Huh? Flying Locust Ministry. <laughs> hmm? Loyalty. Someone say loyalty. Someone say mercy. Someone say truth. Faithfulness. That is what will protect the king. That's what will protect the king. Praise the Lord. You know, one of the reasons why this other religion, I don't want to mention its name, is growing very fast, is because they don't separate themselves. They don't separate themselves. I've never seen them separate themselves. They're multiplying. They're not dividing. They're multiplying. As we are dividing. Instead of multiplying. So today, don't become the dividing factor. Become the multiplying factor. I give you another scripture, or oh, you're tired of scriptures. This one is powerful. You know, some of you are asking, but pastor, you know, this faithfulness thing, you know, it depends with how God is moving in your heart. <laughs> I want to give you the, I want you to give, I want to give you the timeline of faithfulness. Or you don't want, I move to another point. I give you the timeline for faithfulness. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Mm. Beautiful. The scripture is there. If you are to get married to somebody and then the person tells you, look, I want us to agree before we go to the altar. This marriage will not go beyond five years. Will you commit yourself? Why? Because of why? <laughs> I'm asking you a question. Will you commit yourself? He will tell you, look, let's agree. I know I love you. You love me. I love your vibes. You love my vibes. You turn me on. I turn you on. But this thing will not go beyond five years. Let's agree before we continue. Will you continue with that relationship? Why? Because you want when you get married, it's for life. 
Let's look at the timeline of faithfulness. Are you enjoying the message? And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right, this thing says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. These words are the words of Jesus. He's the one who died and came back to life. Isn't it? Look at what he says. Verse 9. He's talking about this church. He says, I know your works. Tribulation. And poverty. But you are rich. Uh -huh. I, I like that. He's quick to correct and say, but you are rich. But I know your tribulation. The things you have gone through. I know your works. What you have done. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Ish. Mercy Lord. Verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Mercy Lord. Ish. Hey. That you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. Then he says, be faithful. That is now the timeline of your faithfulness. Be faithful until death. You're asking me, how many years will I be faithful? Until the day you die. Oh yes. Be faithful until the day you do what? You die. That's when your faithfulness ends. But you're still alive and you're demonstrating unfaithfulness, it is not a good thing. It's like you're telling God, kill me. Because my faithfulness has come to an end. Hey, you're quiet. That's how serious it is. Your faithfulness. Yeah. That's why you see the Bible says, that's why God hates divorce. Because he wants a man and a woman to be faithful and to stay together. That's why he hates it when you divorce. He hates it. He doesn't like it. Hmm? Yeah, and staying faithful is not easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every man here who is married knows we are fighting to be faithful every day. It's not that we don't have options. We are fighting to be faithful. Because, in fact, even as for men, it's more difficult. Because all the male species don't have one wife. We are the only ones who are trying to have one wife. A lion has... The cock that you keep in your, in your village, it has how many wives? <laughs> eh? It has so many chickens. All the, the ladies in the neighborhood, they belong to him. Look at him the way he's walking in the neighborhood. It's like all those things, they belong, all those chickens, they are his. Look at dogs. Look at cats. But dog, dogs, dogs are so unfaithful. And they don't even care when you are, if, even if when you are watching, they are, they, are, they, they are very unfaithful. It is true. It's not an easy thing. You have to fight. You have to fight to be faithful. You can't just wake up and you are faithful. No. You have to fight to be faithful. Yeah. And some people say, oh, when you get married, you overcome temptations. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. 
I feel like laughing. <laughs> oh, oh, yo. Ebu, <laughs> uh, let's laugh a little bit. <laughs> Marriage can never make you faithful. Can I repeat again? Marriage can never make you faithful. It's a fight to be faithful. All right? Oh, yes, it's a fight. Yeah. You see, when you're dating and you don't agree with your partner, hmm? for example, yeah? you had a conversation and it did not work out. Then you decided, everybody go, you go your way. I'm go As you're going, you see another one. <laughs> and there's a very strong connection. And the person you meet is calm. Loving. I say, hey, how are you? You look so stressed. Are you okay? You're not okay. I can take your stress away. <laughs> and you start debating. You get what I'm saying? So being in a relationship does not mean that you'll be faithful. It's a fight. Yeah. Or oh, the day you had an argument with your spouse. Hey! Mambo ilichamuka kwa nyumba. Where? Hey! I'm telling you. Wow! Until you hit the bed like this. Utajua mimi ni mwanamke. Hey! <laughs> eh? Then that night you don't even sleep in the bedroom. You go to the living room, you decide to have your own mini Kesha. While you're seated there, the devil is talking to you, telling you, you know, he doesn't understand your worth. I can connect you. People who understand your word. Then you start remembering how your boss has been very kind to you. Yes. The following morning, you wake up early. You shower early. You dress, you, you dress to kill. Hey. Oh, people are very quiet. Yeah. Then you appear before the boss. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the boss also is coming from a very hostile environment as well. Then you enter the office. You are not very jovial as you normally are. You serve him tea. He looks at you and says, Hey, you're looking very smart. You see? Hmm. 
<laughs> then he says, have I said something wrong? You say, anyway, I, 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 I just didn't have a very nice night. He tells you, oh, that makes the two of us. Tell me your story. I also have my story. Bring a seat. <laughs> Please let me let me not finish the story. <laughs> so I'm trying to show you. It's a fight. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. It's a fight. Look. All these married people will tell you the day they don't agree with their spouses is the day they are tempted the most. Because hmm? the devil knows when to tempt you. Your wife doesn't listen to you, but you bring somebody who listens to you. Yeah. Who even interprets your thoughts before you speak. So, oh, I, I can tell what you're thinking. You're thinking about a holiday. did you know? I said, no, I just know things. You know, I've been around you, so I, I really know you. In fact, I really know what you like. Hey. <laughs> Pastor Mo please bring water and pour on Pastor Monde. <laughs> Sanctify him a little bit. That's enough. <laughs> Harry! Harry, we should not find you in anything. <laughs> How did you jump from there to here? <laughs> uh, Pastor Caro, you need some water. I'm so surprised. How did he jump from there? Eesh. It's like he was just waiting. <laughs> so tell your neighbor, be faithful until death. it's a fight Geoffrey it's a fight and we must win Steve it's a fight all the men here I want you to know you are the only man who is not allowed to have many women but every other male species apart from I think the ego all the species I know hyenas <laughs> they are laughing and they are misbehaving.
Uh, so it's a fight. It's the same way in the house of God. We have to be faithful. You have to fight to be faithful. I'm telling you, people will try and corrupt you. Yeah. People will try and corrupt you, corrupt your spirit. And sometimes when they speak, you, 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 you kind of agree with what they're saying. You're like, hmm. Hmm. It's making sense. You see, when Eve was having a conversation with the serpent, at first she was trying to correct the statements that the serpent was making. But because she kept on talking to him, he convinced her. The serpent convinced her. So you can be strong at the beginning, but because you are entertaining the conversation, yeah, it pushes you towards unfaithfulness. Tell your neighbor it's a fire. Ladies, fight to be faithful. Men, fight to be faithful. Let us all fight to be faithful to the vision that God has given to us. Can I hear an amen? amen. Lift your hand and say, I'll be faithful until death. I think I've said this statement before. Look, for me as a pastor, I want to see all of you for a very long time. Brenda, we were even having a discussion with Pastor Mary about you the other day. We want to see you for a very long time. Yeah, I've seen you, but sometimes you're shaky. You show up, you disappear. I, I want to see you for a long time. Timothy, when are you getting married? What is soon? What is soon? Has he done the classes? He finished. Has he given a date for the wedding? Where is your fiance? Whom? Whom? Which whom? In her place. You know when you say home. So, Timothy, we want to see you for a long time. Hmm? Mercy. Mercy. I know you're called Mercy. That lady behind there. Is your name Mercy? Yes. I want to see you for a long time. Musembi. I want to see you for a long time. Very long time. You and Jackie. Very long time. Amen. Dolly, I want to see you for a long time. I remember how you came for our first prayer meeting with sleepers. I want to see you for a long time, Dolly. <laughs> how was she dressed? With a headscarf. Yeah. One step to the bed to sleep. See you for a long time. Quinta, I want to see you for a long time. Amen. Yeah? I'm trying to remember your names. Uh, Mildred. I want to see you for a long time. She was reminding me when we met Mildred today. She used to work in a place where they were selling books. So I used to be their customers. I used to buy at least one book every month to read. That's where we met with Mildred. I did give you a book as a gift. Oh, wow. What a pastor. 
Hmm. Tina, I want to see you for a long time. Yeah. Mrs. Philip, how are you? I want to see you for a very long time. This should be a mantra. You either bury me or I bury you. That's it. Faithful until death. Faithful until death. Isn't it? Faithful until death. The only time we say bye is when you cease to exist. Hmm? Yeah? These young people, I want to see you for a very long time. Very long time. You know? Hmm? I want to walk with you on your journey of dating. Huh? Chacha, you have somebody. What is the sign language? Time out. <laughs> huh? Auntie Mitch. Auntie Mitch has someone. Mitch. <laughs> you know that you are here looking for an uncle. Where is Uncle Mitch? Yeah? Why are people pointing at Sam? You're putting, you're putting pressure on Uncle Sam. <laughs> eh? So tell your neighbor, neighbor. Huh? You leave Auntie Mitch now. She, let her relax. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. I want to see you for a long time. Yes. Huh? Sam. Branwell, I want to see you for a long time. I asked him the question. <laughs> no, he has said time out. He has said time out. Eh? I should ask him the question. Eh? What? Is he the one?
Merci, Lord. Everybody sit down. Don't harass Hanko, please. Ish. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know Auntie Mitch can be quiet. There are things which can silence her. Eh? So you can see that we are a family. Hmm? We are a family. You see, I have moved this side because there is a lot of fire and excitement around here. So I, I, I have moved from the other end. I'm enjoying here because there's, there's fire, there's life. Yeah? There's Minche. Yeah? So tell your neighbor, 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 I want to see you for a long time. Ish. Have you had a wedding this year? Have you had a, have you had a wedding this year? Hmm? All the single men who are senior bachelors stand. Cedric, come. Timothy, come. All the all the single men who are senior bachelors, bring them here. Cedric, don't fight it. Just come. I've just called you to come. Dr. Felix, come. Where is Timothy? Who else? Who is that? Is that O'Brien? In fact, O'Brien, you should carry him. He should be carried. Any other senior? Senior bachelor? Onesmas? That's another senior bachelor. But then I asked a question Did we have a wedding this year? How many? Two. Next year we want more. These are how many weddings? One, two, three, four, five. These are five weddings. Where's another one? 
He's a quiet man, but very solid. How are you? Why are you sweating? <laughs> Look, he's sweating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can wipe your sweat. <laughs> Have you fished out all the senior bachelors? Yes. Huh? Where is David? Which one? Yes, that one, that one. Is that a senior bachelor? Huh? Where is David? David is a senior bachelor. All right. So we are praying for you that God will open your eyes because we desire that you may settle. Amen, Brian? O'Brien? Yeah. We desire that you may settle. Onesimus. You know, when Onesimus was getting saved, he said he wants to be like, like me. So I am married. So we start from there, isn't it? So I didn't call you to embarrass you. I called you to release a miracle Amen. in their lives or in your lives. Amen. Please stretch out your hands towards them as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we remove every blockade, every spiritual embargo that has been placed over their lives to stop them from getting married. We break it in the name of Jesus. We proclaim that their eyes may be open to identify a spouse who will become a great wife in their lives to support them, to stand with them, and together they will have a wonderful family and they will be able to serve you effectively. Grant them this miracle. May they find a good wife. May they find a wife who comes from you, a godly woman, a supportive woman. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the path has been cleared. For you, you need to set the date. Isn't it? When did you finish the class? Early this year. Is it this year or last year? Early this year. Early this year? Really? You can't even remember. I wish your fiance was here. She could have given us the... And you know you're very handsome. I don't even know why you're not making a step. Look at him. Yeah. Just look at him. Look at his arms. Wow. Look at the head. O'Brien. Huh? By December this year. It cannot be this year, O'Brien. Please. 
Anyway, you can go back. We are going to celebrate these weddings in Jesus' name. Tell your neighbor, be faithful until until death. Yes. You see, we are going to celebrate those marriages. We are going to celebrate their children. Yes. Birthdays, graduations, all those things we are going to celebrate in Jesus' name. Amen. And all the senior ladies, bachelors who are not married, come here. Please run quickly. All the senior single ladies, come here. I'm also going to pray for you. Senior. Uh, we want to pray for you as well. This is a very spiritual thing we are doing. And it's very powerful. Hey, Quinta, you're also a senior bachelor. I thought you are young. Hey. Oh, okay. All right. Are they here? Yeah, this is how people receive miracles. I have more daughters who need to get married. Yeah. Question is, why are you not married? Do you have a good attitude? <laughs> why are you laughing? Are you nice people? Are you nice ladies? You see, the Bible says, he who finds, not a woman, a wife, you should become a wife before you are found. You should imbibe the qualities of a wife. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Imbibe the qualities of, of a wife and you'll be found. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I was talking to another pastor and he was telling me for seven years there was no wedding in his church. Seven years. No wedding. Hmm? We pray that that will not be our story. Every year we will have weddings. Yeah. Next year we'll have more weddings than this year. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's pray for this as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, remember my daughters. Father, some of them have waited on you for many years. They have cried. They have fasted. They have done everything within their power. Today, Lord, I pray, add your grace to their efforts, to their cry, to their desire. Remember them, Lord. Send the right man their way. A godly man who will become a great husband in their lives, Lord. Who will love them just the way they are. And together, they will serve you, Jehovah God. Thank you for these weddings that we are going to celebrate very soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Beautiful. Tell your neighbor, be faithful. Be faithful. Until when? Until the end. Until the end.
Amen. Number? Hmm? Number five. Foot soldiers who quarrel. When they work together, there is no peace. There is always someone spoiling for a fight. Ready to quarrel, ready to raise their voice. And fight. Philippians chapter 4 verse 2. Philippians chapter 4 verse 2. Paul is writing to the Philippian church. He says, I implore you, dear, and I implore Sinti to be of the same mind in the Lord. To be of the same mind. Hmm? To stop fighting. To stop quarreling. To be of the same to be of the same mind. You see, just because you have not agreed does not mean you should quarrel. Can somebody give me the definition of quarreling so you see how bad it is? Did you get it? Read it. A very heated argument. Hmm? You are arguing. Yeah. For me personally, I don't love arguing. I don't have the energy to argue. When I find somebody wants to argue with me, I, I get I get deflated. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to quarrel. It's not something in me. Huh? Let me get you another scripture here. Very powerful scripture. Heated what? Argument. Do you have heated arguments in your department? Huh? Are they there? Beryl, praise the Lord. How are you? You look sleepy. We can wake you up. Huh? Huh? Ati? You're not sleepy? Oh, okay. You, you look like you're, you're awake. Really? But why do you keep on closing your eyes? <laughs> it's, it's the nature. It's your nature to close your eyes. <laughs> eh? Eh? It's your nature or your eyes? Alright. James chapter 4. <laughs> oh, she's quarreling with her eyes. James chapter 4, verse 1. Hallelujah. Are you getting blessed? But then next year we're going to have a camp out of town, so make sure that we are part of the camp. We'll be out of town. We want people who are serious. We want to come and sit and be taught. All right? Isn't it? So Michelle has found her voice again. We know how to silence her. 
I come back. <laughs> James chapter 4. Put it on the screen so that we read. James is asking, where do wars and fights come from among you? Why are you fighting? Hmm? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? In other words, where you see wars and fights and conflicts and quarrels is, is a sign that carnality has invaded a department. Carnality has invaded the church. You know, when I was growing up, I used to go to church, and there was a church on our way to our church. And one time I remember that the, the people had come out of the church, you know, and some of them had come out of the church with seats. And some of them had crude weapons in their hands. And there was one faction on one side and the other one on the other side, and they were shouting at each other. Sunday morning. Yeah, and the ones who came, I later on discovered, the ones who came out of the church with seats, they had donated those seats. So when there was fracas, you take the seat that you had donated. Yeah, actually they had printed their names, donated by, donated by. Where do these wars come from? Where do these quarrels come from? You see, working together does not mean that we'll, not, we'll always agree. But it doesn't give us a license to fight. Amen? To clench our fist. And we are ready to punch each other. Ready to fight. Next verse. Verse 2, excuse me. Verse 2. Verse 2. <laughs> then he says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covert and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Can you give me from KJV, verse 2, KJV, change the version. Verse 2, you lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. So you can see that there was a lot of lust hmm? in this church. Because of what? Because of carnality. Look, as we work together, we will not agree. But it is not a reason we should fight and quarrel and argue and throwing words at each other. Tell your neighbor it's not good. Change the version to new. To new. You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. But you cannot get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. If we have such a church, will it survive? It will not survive. So tell your neighbor, stop quarreling. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It's like I will not finish. I had nine points. <laughs> it's only this side that want me to preach. Can I come there? This side is very quiet. 
this, this side of Lucy. The presiding bishop of this side is Lucy Cash. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Let's read together. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility. These are the things you should put on. What? Mercies. What, do you know what mercies are? That sometimes we should not even judge. I've been accused of being too lenient with people. Me, as a pastor, I've been accused of that. In fact, there are people who left the church because I'm too lenient with people. Yeah. Me, I prefer masses than judgment. Hmm? The Bible says, blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those who? For they shall obtain mercy. You know, you, you've never been in a tight spot where you really need mercies. When you're in a tight spot and mercy is extended to you, you will appreciate what mercy is. Put on tender mercies. Kindness. Humility. Tell your neighbor, humble yourself. Before God humbles you. Meekness. Long-suffering. Next verse, 13. Bearing with one another. Hallelujah. And forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must do. So tell your neighbor from today, I will not argue with you and quarrel with you. I'll be quick to forgive you. Number six. I want to throw them quickly to you. I have to finish because I don't want to carry this to next year. Number six. Foot soldiers who refresh the leader. The leader is happy when he sees those foot soldiers. You know, I was reading another report uh, let me just read it to you here. But maybe before I do that, uh, I think you have seen in the, in the news or on social media of pastors who are committing suicide. For example, in 2019, a pastor, a 30-year-old pastor, is called Jared Wilson. He just took his life. Committed suicide. There's another pastor called Andrew Stockley of Inland Hills Church in California. He also killed himself. And he was a young father of three. And he had preached a sermon on depression just 12 days prior to his death. There's another pastor in Zimbabwe. I think that one you know. With Upper Room Ministries, who died in December. He killed himself. He just went to, I think, a building, jumped from the third floor and died. According to the Soul Shepherding Institute, an organization that exists to care for the mental well-being of pastoral leadership, 90% of workers, of pastors rather, work long hours a week, and 75% report feeling highly stressed on any given week. Being a pastor is a calling. Because the pastor has so many things to do. He's speaking in events, he's conducting counseling, he's leading a staff. 
He has a vision to fulfill. He's of, of, uh, uh, officiating weddings. He's preaching at funerals. He's dealing with orangos. <laughs> hmm? So the pastor will need people to encourage him. Amen. When is the last time you encouraged your pastor? You know, sometimes when you talk about encouragement, it's not only money. Yeah? You can even tell the pastor, the, the message on Sunday was really a blessing to me. Yeah, it changed my life. It's an encouragement. It's a powerful encouragement. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16 talks about a guy called Onesiphorus who refreshed Paul. I'm moving very quickly. Onesiphorus. Hallelujah. May God raise an Onesiphorus in this church. Praise the Lord. Hmm? The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Isn't that amazing? Number seven. I'm just throwing the points at you now. Foot soldiers who are servants of the church. They are working. Hmm? Romans chapter 16. They are just working. Verse 1. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church. Hey! She is a servant. Always working. Hmm. We have Phoebe's in COT. Huh? We have Phoebe's. Not freebies, Phoebe's. Who are working. Servants of the church. Number eight. Foot soldiers who work as a couple. Foot soldiers who work as a couple. It's very important to encourage your, couple, your spouse to also join you in serving. Amen. Those who have prayed for here, pray that your spouse will also support you in serving. Because I've seen some people, they are very much on fire when they are single, on fire, fire, fire. The moment they get married, the fire goes. Romans chapter 16, verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ. Priscilla and Aquila were married and they were working together in the ministry. Amen. You see, when your spouse is with you, when there is a meeting like this, he will not be at home wondering, why, 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 why? She's sending you an SMS. Kwani, how long is that message? Kwani, how many points are you being given? But when you're both of us, both of you rather here, I mean, you are settled and you're okay. Amen. And maybe some of these people who are not married, the reason why they're not married is because they have not been praying right. Lord, just give me a husband. You should pray that give me a husband that we can be able to serve you together. Because God will always answer a prayer that is tied to his purpose. It's a blessing to serve with your spouse. Amen. 
Can you imagine Lucy and the husband serving together? See, it will be a blessing. Or what do you think? It will be a blessing. Or Brian and his wife. Serving. <laughs> it will be a blessing. Amen. Pastor Eunice and her husband. It will be a blessing. All right. Yeah. Pastor Grace with her husband. Amen. You see, one of the things I've seen in church is when one spouse is serving and another one is not serving, the one who is not serving begins to despise the one who is serving. I remember there was a guy who was always having a problem with his wife because the wife was not serving. So after the service, the, 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 the wife was telling the husband, we must go now. Now, we must go now. What are you, you know, hanging around in church doing? We must go now. And she puts her foot on the ground. But they were not going home. She tells him, we are going to open our business. Yeah. This thing of I serve meetings, I don't want to hear those things here. We're going to open our business. We are chasing poverty. Don't want poverty to come <laughs> to our house. <laughs> yeah, it can be frustrating. It can be difficult. Very, very difficult. So you pray that God gives you someone that you can serve God with. And you people who are standing in the way of people who are serving God, you're endangering your lives because God is a jealous God. You see, when David was serving God and dancing and his clothes are falling, his wife was not in the meeting. His wife was peeping through the window and she saw how David was clamorously foolish before God. He was dancing, he was moving and he was surrounded by praise and worship team full of ladies. They are also dancing and she said, mm, I know what you are trying to do. You are seducing those girls. And the Bible says, from that day, she became barren. From that day, she never got a child until she died. Tell your neighbor, it's dangerous to criticize somebody who is serving God. It's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. Don't. You rather even shut your mouth hmm? than despise your husband because your husband is carrying pastor's Bible. I said, when Mwanome, what kind of a man are you? Are you are you a real man? Following the pastor, he goes for a crusade, you are there with him, he goes for a convention. What kind of a man are you? And God is listening to you. And <laughs> your neighbor is dangerous. Yeah. That's why I join him. And serve God together. And then bring your children as well. Bring them around. Yeah, to serve God. 
It's a good thing. You see, some of you don't know. By just keeping your children in church, you are instilling something in them. When they grow up, they will know Sunday we go to church. Sunday we don't go anywhere else. Sunday we are not nursing hangovers. Yeah. I never saw my dad drink alcohol. So I can't drink alcohol. I can't. How, how, how do I start? Every Sunday, my parents went to church. I must go to church. It's so deeply ingrained in me. I can't, I can't stop it. I can't change it. I can't reverse it. You know, yesterday, I was sitting in my living room, and I discovered my daughter was not in the house. <laughs> Why are people confessing their sins? Harry, you are really confessing your sins. So I asked the house manager, I think Pastor Mary was already asleep. I asked the house manager, where is Ashley? He said, Ashley left. I said, left to where? What time is it now? I took my phone. And I called her. The first thing I heard was music. I say, ooh. I almost wore my shoes. I was going to ask her, where are you? Now, give me, send me the pin. Now, I'm coming. Then she told me, dad, are you forgotten? I said, forgotten what? I am in the concert. I said, which concert? You know, my mind was not even remembering. Which concert? I said, oh, Hillsong. You remember I asked you for permission to come? Oh, I said, oh. Ah, okay. 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 I said, oh, okay. So that's where you are? He said, yes, that's where I am. I said, okay, and are you with so-and-so? Because I told her to go with so-and-so. He said, yeah, she's here with me. I said, okay, so how are you coming back home? She said, I'll take an Uber. I said, no. You cannot take an Uber that late. Tell that person that you went with to bring you and drop you here. He said, okay, I've spoken to the person and the person has agreed. That's when I went to bed. Otherwise, I was going to go there. And the first question I was going to ask her, where did you learn this from? But I know she cannot. I had just forgotten. All right? She was in a concert. Hillsong were around. I think some of you were there. None of you went. Kwani, which concerts do you go to? <laughs> Number nine, the last one. Foot soldiers who are hard working. Foot soldiers who are hard working. Somebody say hard working. Is Nikita here? 
You're very quiet today. Romans chapter 16. If you read the entire chapter, it gives you stories of people who are working, 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 working with Paul. And they were working hard. All right? Ministry is hard work. And you have to take on the burden and work. Amen. Why should you work? Because God takes notice of hard work. Revelation chapter 2. Verse 2 to 3, my last verse, then we pray. Revelation. Jesus says, I know your works. I know your labor. Mm -hmm. So everything you do, I want you to know that God sees it. And you must become a hard worker in the house of God. By the way, the same way God notices hard work is the same way he notices laziness. So don't be lazy. Be a hard worker. Work hard. Serve God. And be a, a fantastic foot soldier. Foot soldier. Amen. May God bless you. We are done. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazeta Chero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.